Welcome to Rehab Within Reach. We are your hosts, Dr. Chrissy Rankin, physical therapist and CrossFit Level 1 coach. And I'm Dr. Sarah Nelson, a physical therapist, and I'm board certified in women's health and lymphedema therapy, and I also hold a master's degree in orthopedic manual therapy. And I'm Dr. Shona Craig. I'm also a physical therapist, a board certified women's health clinical specialist, certified lymphedema therapist, and yoga teacher. We are a collective of women from various backgrounds who support each other and the community around us that have one thing in common, therapy solutions. This podcast will be addressing how the body, mind, and spirit work together to create our current state of being while offering a refreshing approach to how to create harmony within each system. Our treatment philosophy is to empower people through education by combining modern evidence-based practice with our innate primal wisdom in order to promote body literacy and compassion in your personal healing journey. Even though our professional background started in physical therapy, we take an integrative and holistic approach by addressing all systems of the body in order to bridge the gap between the current medical model in the United States and your ability to make autonomous decisions to achieve independence and wellness. This podcast is meant to challenge you to think in ways that may feel uncomfortable at first, but don't worry. Remember, our goal is to provide resources in order for you to make the best decisions for your well-being, which may go against what most of our society suggests is quote-unquote healthy or correct. As a reminder, this podcast does not replace the medical examination, assessment, and plan of care from a licensed medical provider who has seen you personally. Let's get started. Well, today we have a a guest with us. We have Judy Dirks. Um, And Judy is the mental health counselor that works at Therapy Solutions. And she and I have done uh, workshops now for over 10 years. And um, she's always been the one who had the ideas. (laughs) All right. Mm -hmm. You're you're the one who came up even with the name open to your authentic self. It's it's actually been fun to follow along with. Yeah, it has been. You know, I don't think I could have just done it. I mean, I think it's been um, a collaborative. I mean, because you're so open, then I can come and talk about these things and kind of dream about these things. And then then we choose to act on them, which is exciting for me. Yes. And you came up with this latest uh, topic, which is we're calling um, opening to the sacred feminine. And I, and I was wondering if you would want to explain why you picked that, what drew you to that? Um, Well, you know, I, I've been listening to a lot of different, um, I don't know, they aren't really, I think they're more YouTubes than podcasts. Um, And there's been a lot of conversation about uh, the sacred feminine and how it's about the energy that women carry and how uh, unappreciated it is. And, um, And that we're starting to look at the sacredness of everything, right? Um, And, um, and it's not to say that 
uh, female energy is superior to masculine energy, but that it's been an unappreciated. And so uh, I feel like it's time. Um, and, and I've also been hearing as we move into the age of Aquarius, which we just moved mm -hmm. into, um, Pluto moved into Aquarius on um, the 20th, um, that, um, that that that's about feminine energy as well. So, and and creating community. So so, so that's would, that's part of what got me excited about it. What well, well, how would you define sacred feminine? Um, I, I think it's uh, all about that that male and female energy is very different, uh, and that we all have a little of both, of course, um, but that the feminine energy. Is that inner that more receptive energy, the uh, the more um, conscious and loving energy that um, is um, more I guess you know more accepting. We we're not into fixing as much as the masculine energy gets into fixing, um, and that uh, and that that's kind of the energy that we need more of. Yeah, I've heard uh, sometimes femininity leadership being talked about. Like, like there's this idea that the patriarchy, like we we were talking about dismantling the you know patriarchy in terms of um, that toxic masculinity and and unchecked patriarchy can lead to uh, oppression for a lot of people, um, especially uh, women. And um, and so when we talk about a matriarchy, like people tend to get really nervous because they're like, well, if women are on top, that means men are on the bottom. But then I've heard it described as in a in a matriarchy or or sacred feminine traits are more idealized or or thought about in leadership. It's gonna be more like a circle. It's gonna be bringing everyone together in and delegating tasks based on what people are actually, what they're best at um, right. and the hierarchy. Now, I mean, there are, there has to be some leadership in some form, but the, the circle is much more uh, advantageous for everybody and, and not just a certain group. So um, it's a really interesting concept that I have also been diving into. So um, I find it uh wonderful that you're doing this um uh the retreat the topic for the retreat is is around that yeah i i love what you just said chrissy because it makes me think it's not a teeter-totter where one's on top or or the other's on top where it's not promoting yeah. that everything be <clears throat> have this feminine leaning but that <clears throat> there are both of these aspects of of spirituality operate better when they balance each other out. So when you, you have, and uh, I think it's also important to understand that this is a reflection of the dual nature of, cre of creation of the world that we're in. There's always an opposite. There's hot and cold, light and dark, et cetera, et cetera. And we've assigned masculine and feminine in that duality and we've assigned these um characteristics to um masculine and feminine but they in actuality they're just the 
like Judy was saying, it's within all of us. And what what we encourage is that we learn to express both aspects of ourselves. So I may be strong and courageous, but I'm also nurturing. If I if I'm strong and courageous without nurturing, that that can become an imbalance that um, maybe that's where we become violent, you know, for instance. Or if I'm all nurturing without strength and courage, I can become um, w wimpy or afraid, you know, or um, I, you know, doing caring for others without caring for myself. The it would be you know you could dive into the different aspects of of um, what what we're calling sacred feminine, which is like Judy said, nurturing, intuition compassion, receptivity, creativity, empathy, um, emotional intelligence. <clears throat> we, we can touch on all these things, like the unconditional love, gentleness, respect for nature, um, healing and transformation, introspection. Uh, uh, so, those are the qualities that are often assigned to sacred feminine, where sacred masculine, it's like I said, the strength and courage, logic and rationality, action, protection, support, focus, purpose-driven, stability, um, healthy expression of power and leadership, vision, integrity. And I think, and I think that's a great showing list of we're not trying to say like masculinity is not a is not a good thing right we're showing that we need both of those traits and how they express themselves is we're hopefully in a healthy way um yeah balancing i like these two opposites like the the healthy expression of power and leadership versus the power of vulnerability and interconnectedness so if we mock vulnerability and punish vulnerability, we end up with authoritarianism and we're seeing that like spread across right. the world. Well, yeah, the patriarchy is is kind of what, as you were talking about, it, it's an, you know, it's an up-down kind of relationship as opposed to that circular relationship. And that that's, um, that's when, when you can really honor both sides, then then we can have more of that circular energy. So um, we have found that being in um, a retreat setting, it allows us to, you, to um, well, well, what would you say, Judy? Why, why do we do the retreat setting? Well, you know, I, it, you really get an, a really quick sense of community which is which people are so hungry for. I mean, you're eating together, you're sleeping, many people, most of us are sleeping in the same area, um, you know, and getting up and just, I mean, that all of a sudden, there's a real connection with other people that you don't have uh, when we go to our little individual homes. Um, and, uh, and I do think that the, 
we have a, I mean, we're meant to be more community connected, uh, not separate little blocks of couples and individuals and all of that. And I think that that fills a need that people, I mean, because typically what happens is at the end, everybody is feeling so kind of excited and they say, how can we keep this going? How can we keep this going? And we always leave the retreat thinking, how can we, you know, let's, let's figure out something that keeps this going, but it, it's really difficult with people's busy lives and all of that. But um, mm -hmm. I think of, you know, I'll, I, I'll compare it to like doing a session of manual therapy and a couple of my teachers promote doing intensives where you go to their clinics and you get treated three to five hours a day for one to three weeks. And um, that the idea is that if I treat you for one hour and you leave, the body can, it might change, but it'll, it'll harden back into its pattern. But when you do um, ex these extended times away of treatment, the body can start to shift and find stability in its new um, space, like because we've um, we've treated and we've freed up tension in the body. There's movement that what is available that wasn't available before. And now we can find stability in it and move forward in the world. And that's what retreat is. I wish I could make them longer, but there's always the matter of, of time. And, right. and cost, the, all of that. Yes, and cost. So the two and a half days, it's a, it it does seem to get the, the thing started. Right. And, it, it, there's an it's a there's an energy that happens, I think, when people come together uh in these ways. And I and I do think that one of the things that, that we do in our little retreats is that we it's very holistic because we do the yoga, we do some meditation. We do some great conversation and and then um, we eat well. Mm -hmm. And um, it, it just it, it just meets so many needs. Mm -hmm. um, We're bringing in Ayurveda principles now too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, can you talk to us a little bit about the, the history of the sacred feminine? Well, you know, I'm, I, I hear about it and I know a little bit about it, but what, what's kind of interesting is, is that, you know, we have these ages that go 2,400 years. And, um, and so if you go back into a time, and, and we all know that there was a time when um, women were highly respected because uh, they were seen as the birthers. And and they felt like, and they were seen as goddesses uh, because of their birthing ability, and they didn't really notice know how it all happened, and um, and so there were a lot of um, uh, spiritually even a lot of goddesses around, and and women were totally respected and and were in leadership roles, and my understanding is is in those those generations that war didn't happen, that there was a lot more cooperation. And um, and so it was in, um, I think there was the age of 
I, I don't remember all the different ages. There was the age of Taurus, and then the we were just coming out of the age of Pisces, uh, which was actually meant to bring kind of this collaboration together, but that the male energy was so strong that that it um, it couldn't happen. And so this is the time uh, for you know the the feminine energy to come back. and uh, collaborate more clearly with the masculine energy, I think. But, um, but yeah, for generations and generations, it's, uh, you know, it was kind of like when they, you know, they were into the earth more and the, you know, that that's part of the feminine energy is, is around being more into the earth. And, and then at one point, then they, they started believing in sky gods. And they became more powerful, right? Um, and um, so, and it, it, I think it's fascinating when you think about even uh, in this, you know, with like Jesus and how, um, you know, he there was a real feminine energy that he displayed. He was such a kind, caring, earthy kind of person. And yet, because of the world around him, um, it did not, I mean, it got adapted to this more masculine uh, place where uh, the patriarchy just took off, I think, in our, in these last thousand years, is that it, it's been just so highly patriarchal. Yeah, I think that's a, a really interesting observation um, if we tie it into religion, because um, I think we've all, or I'm in the process of reading, it's been a slow process. Um, but I know, I think that the beginning resource uh, that kind of sparked this idea too was the um, the book, The Sacred uh, Courageous Feminine, Feminine, what was it? Um, Oh yeah, the but the book that you had that we read, Judy. But it, oh, the um the feminine courage. Yeah, feminine courage. Thank you. Yes, yeah. and I didn't. And so, um, from your both of yours recommendation, I started reading it, and uh, like I said, it's been a slow process. Um, and I didn't realize um how much. historical context is going to be, be in there in terms of the Bible and in terms of Christianity. And when I first started reading it, I was like, oh gosh, like I really don't want to go down this rabbit hole because um, this is what not what I was anticipating. But then um, like many of us, uh, I'm, I, I don't think highly of Christianity and or at least the organized portion of it. Mm -hmm. And I felt like, oh, well, this is a chance for me to learn probably what the true intention of Christianity and the Bible and hearing the stories uh, and, and the books that were purposely left out of the Bible um, that were actually also written by uh, females or other thinkers that weren't in the agenda of who put the Bible together. Um, And uh, it is really interesting to hear that concept come back to with you, Judy, how you were saying how, um, you know, the essence of Jesus as a person uh, 
seem to be this enlightenment of more of the feminine energy with own masculine energy too it was a good combination and yet the powers that be kind of had shifted what he was all about into uh into something that actually wasn't what his what his true intention was and so um if and, and we've talked about this book or at least have uh mentioned it in on this podcast many times so um and i i feel like that was that was like you guys talk, started talking about that like two years ago i think um so right. this has been a long a long um but i even though it's been a while since you guys have thought about that and had this idea um it just shows the intention behind it like both of you are so intentional with choices uh and with connection and with and with community that uh, it is a slow po- process to to figure out all the things that you're wanting to incorporate into this retreat. So, um, well, and I wonderful. think uh, I think that's um, an example of sacred feminine because when Judy came to me with it, it was an idea for me. You know, she's been studying it, and she has her. I I think that practice was already there for her, but I I had more of a um, the logical, you know, the masculine approach to things. And I love ideas and teach ideas, but I <clears throat> said, if we're going to do this, we need to experience it. <clears throat> and so our conversations through the year, you know, we have these weekly conversations, uh, Judy and I and Cheryl Kulas, who's a chaplain, um, who's joined us in these, uh, leading these retreats, um to do, to explore this in our own lives um and also i might say sheila salinas and um you know without telling other people's stories um wh- what's unfolded has been so interesting in our own lives and how we have to support each other that this is um i i think you know sacred feminine is about healing and healing does not is not efficient it's not linear and it can take a long time. Um, I think that's one of the things that I've learned this year since we read that book. It's been a little over a year. I feel strong about that. You know, just watching watching our lives this last year and th- the importance of being there for each other in hard times and, and not coming up with the answers, but just... Uh, being alongside um, each other. And-, and and that's really what I think the, the feminine adds to, uh, you know, patriarchy is so kind of like, these are the rules, do this, go do that. It's more rigid. And, um, and what we're talking about is a, is a much more being in the flow of life and allowing uh, rather than trying to um, form and create. And that's, you know, they, and again, that talking about leadership, when you look at women who have tried um, to look more masculine in their way of uh, doing leadership, they, they've done less well, I think, than the women who can just truly just be who they are and and use the energies they do have um 
and trust that they that they are um, they have power and that they can and they can lead a group in a different way than um, the way that uh, is tr so traditional in our lives now. Who is that? That lady who was the um, prime minister of New Zealand. She was outstanding. She she couldn't sustain it. She had to step down. And right. um, well, there's not a lot of support. See, that's what we're seeing now. That, um, I mean, I I I tend to be I I, I don't want to get into political stuff, but you know, I've been supporting Marianne Williamson, and and. Um, and just everybody says to oh you're just a woman you, you can't do this um and um you, you'll never make it and yet she still is out there um and despite the fact that everybody ignores her and tells her that she can't do it um and that i think that happens to a lot of women i mean in in a lot of areas of life in the sport world and all kinds of places that uh, we get told, um, you're you're just a girl. <laughs> I'm going to say that lady's name, Jacinda Arden, because she was so outstanding. Still, she still is outstanding. She just isn't the leader anymore. I'll have to say, when I started my career as a physical therapist, I worked. I was the only female, and there were three other male physical therapists. Um, my program was unusual. Most, uh, I think it's more balanced nowadays, but physical therapy was a, a female profession when it started. And um, so most classes of physical therapy school when I was in school were mostly women. But my school in Salt Lake City, Utah, was mostly men. Um, so... It, there was that. And then I step into this clinic that's mostly men. And frankly, my, my enculturation was being a mother. So I distinctly remember having to change how I related to people um, from something that was more nurturing and empathetic and, and vulnerable to linear, factual, um, powerful in order to, uh, in order to work. So I, I feel like this year with our, our work together on this topic is helping me kind of come back to the, try once again to find balance between those two. Because I, I also think a, a time where I did try to bring myself more towards that feminine intuitive side, it backfired on me. <laughs> um, uh, you know, so to practice under a, a license and, be vulnerable and intuitive <laughs> and still do your electronical medical re records recording and all that stuff. It's very hard to put those things together. Um, I don't know. What are you there? You're back in the fray, Chrissy. I mean, what do you, what do you notice with that? <clears throat> I've definitely noticed that, especially where I'm located, and the conversations that I've been having way more, um, and I'm, I'm taking it, I, I guess you could say it's on the feminine side, but we're talking about essentially the autonomic nervous system. And if I can, I can bring in the 
not the woo-woo, because there is science behind the autonomic nervous system, but bringing in the feminine aspects of rest and digest and that in focusing on that type of um, energy um, while also respecting like the culture and the history of the area that I'm in, which is a very male masculine energy dominant situation and, and the whole like put your head down for 30, 40 years, do what you're told and just work your butt off. Right. Um, And yeah, it has created uh, chronic illness and chronic pain and all that kind of stuff that um, uh, talking about the autonomic nervous system and a lens of a sacred feminine lens. um, I definitely have to had to change my language a little bit. Uh, Maybe I couldn't be so direct about like how I would have um, at therapy solutions. And so um, that's been interesting trying to, and I've had people where I've talked about it and then they don't come back. Right. Um, And it's a great, it's a great um, uh, lesson for me to also know, like to maybe be a little bit more um, asking for like consent in a way that is uh, like, do you feel like you're ready to hear something like this? Uh, Instead of just kind of like throwing it at people. Um, And so it's been interesting to learn that boundary and learn, um, tactics in order to to talk about this within a way that with a common language that uh, a community um, can understand that maybe isn't quite um, ready or have no clue about what we're talking about. Yeah, great example. I've, I've, I can think of times where patients didn't come back. Mm. Yeah. Is that, yeah. Okay. And, I, and I've learned and with uh, my own growth and leaning more towards the femininity my own femininity and what that looks like, um, you know, before I would have, you know, in the masculine mindset would have been like, well, what did I do wrong? What did, um, like, they're the problem, right? And I'm not the problem. And uh, they just aren't ready, or um, they're dumb, or, you know, and not that I ever would have thought that uh, it just is probably maybe subconsciously what would could have been thought about. Um, but now I'm leaning into it more of like, if I embody it more as how I'm talking to people on a, on that type of level, then maybe people might feel it more and they might be receptive to it more. Um, mm-hmm. So it has been interesting, even in my own life, how I've kind of changed my thinking about that kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh, I want to point out Shona joined us. So we're talking Ooh. about the oh. sacred feminine. all right (laughs) i love that topic i'm just walking and talking i've got gordy in the stroller um trying to embody the sacred mother feminine every day (laughs) yeah you're living it that um so um while you were talking christy christy what i i got thinking you know as I uh, researched this topic, one vein that comes up a lot is sexuality. And notice, you know, like we're a half hour into this and we have not talked sexuality and that masculine and feminine is not about sexuality necessarily, but that is something that gets emphasized 
quite a bit and assigned mm -hmm. to feminine, which, yeah, you could, I could go off on that. Um, but that femininity isn't about, you know, what your hair looks like or that you wear makeup or that you wear um, revealing clothing. That is not femininity. Men used to dress like that. And we could also say not just sexuality, but also gender roles, right? Like right. both of them. Yeah, they're both being, um, we tend to go towards that way, which is really interesting that, and I don't know why we do that, why we tend to, when we talk about this topic that we're gravitating towards, again, roles, right? Societal roles that Judy mm -hmm. was talking about where um, where that delineation happens. Um, so, it, and I also understand that I haven't had to change my thinking about that too, because we aren't talking about gender roles or sexuality. We're talking about essence, which is a whole different. It's you're an adjective, not a um, a noun, right? Like I, with my own life, I've been like really trying to make sure that, you know, when people ask me like, what do I do or who am I, you know, I'm gonna talk about adjectives, not a noun, um, mm. which I think is different there as well. I like that. Well, I just wanted yeah. to put that out there because people dive into the topic that there's a whole vein of that, and that's not what we're talking about here and i think it and it can trip people up too so i was curious um mm -hmm. how how what the evolution of of open to your authentic self retreat slash classes like how it's been i think 10 years right you said mm -hmm. um and how the evolution um has happened well well it's been kind of whatever has kind of arisen at one point it was around I think our first one was around the time that of the election actually um, yes our first our first um overnight retreat right and our yeah, topic we was were doing these, yeah <laughs> and, and what does uh, our yeah what does our leadership reflect about ourselves you know our yeah. country's leadership reflect about ourselves was the topic Right. And because uh, that was right after Trump got elected and and it was kind of upsetting for many of us. And um, so that so that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Before that, we did have some, uh, you know, just day kind of events. But uh, once we started doing the um, the go away and uh, create the community, uh, it seemed really different. And you've also, it's evolved in not, it used to be just you two kind of running things. And now it's evolved into more people collaborating in order to make this retreat as successful as it can be. And not in a monetary way, but as a transformative yeah. community aspect. Um, yeah. We, <clears throat> um, Anne Frazier came to the first retreat and I asked her to, to come to all the retreats since. And she's kind of like a support person. Like she'll step in and take care of logistics in the moment. Um, she, she and I teach yoga together too. And then um, when we did, what, oh, we did um, a retreat. And I think forgiveness was a big part of the topic. Right, right. We had, several chaplains that attended and Cheryl Coolis, we just, uh, just hit it off. And she and I taught a um, yoga and grief workshop bef right before the pandemic. 
that was fascinating. I, I would love to do more with that. But um, <clears throat> of course, with the pandemic kind of blew apart. And so we brought her in to work on the retreats with us. And um, she, so we actually did a topic on grief. I And that one came about because that, that was a, an excellent example of the topics really reflect what's happening in our life because I had lost my um, my mom. I'd had a, a, a heartbreaking situation with my granddaughter and uh, my sister died and I didn't want to do any of this. And that's when Judy said, well, what if we talk about grief? I'm like, oh, yes, <laughs> I can get on that. <laughs> and we found this great book and this great author about who had you know, some amazingly new way of looking at grief. What was that? The wild side of sorrow or? Yeah. 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 And, and he was very helpful. I thought. Yeah. And so that was it. A... About it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was just looking, I have written down some of the names. I, our first, um, that first one was, we called it the year of courage. Mm. Um, yeah. It's the one with the, after we realized yeah. Um, that Trump was elected and we were going to have to learn how to deal with life in a different way. And I, I thought think, that yeah, that one, that time of life really taught me, like I had just um, thought that the institutions would always be there and that I, that I could be apolitical and, um, you know, be one of those people. Oh, I don't pay attention to um politics. And I, I still don't want to be a person who argues about politics. I I um, just would like to be able to live my life um, in peace, knowing that there's a, a structure, a strong structure to our government that has integrity, that has, um, you know, the best interests of the people at heart. And obviously these things are changing and that was a great representation of change in that moment that that someone who could use such hateful rhetoric uh could gain any traction was just shocking and scary but really it we did make it about how, how what does this say about us right and and how how can we be courageous in the midst of change these huge changes that we're seeing in the world yes and and, that, and that's continued i mean because there this is a time of upheaval and change it continues to be and, and i think we do it because um we're both interested in growth and um the spiritual journey the the soul's journey i like to say you know like you say to move it out of religiosity and towards you know personal uh, experience this is kind of off topic kind of but i just read an article in the new york times about this man who was just put to death in oklahoma that was his he had a death sentence and he had gone into prison a christian and become an atheist um, and usually it's the other way around and he requested to have a a chaplain or a spiritual guide that would was also an atheist. So they found somebody mm. uh, this kind of same scenario of he was a Christian, became an atheist. 
But then the last words that that man shared with the man who was killed on the day that he was killed, the words were just full of what we would say were, you know, they were very spiritual words, but he, he had moved from needing to assign it to a being, to the man in the sky, to um, more universal energies of, of love, of connection. And um, to me, that's kind of the growth in, in our spiritual journey is we have these examples and then at some point we live them. We don't, God is always going to be a construct in our head. We can never completely understand something that is by definition unknowable. And I, and so I guess for me, that's where the sacred feminine is about dropping away from construct to living um, the, the principles. Yeah, I think it's embodiment, right, of what people have tried to use religion for, right? Um, we don't need, like, I guess we don't need, and that I'm saying, I'm like, you could tell I'm hesitating to say this, but it's like, <laughs> We don't need religion to tell us we need to live our life like that, right? We need everyone around us to be embodying both the sacred feminine and the sacred masculine and balancing that um, that aspect. And it is interesting how, like you were just talking about how um, an atheist chaplain is essentially speaking on spirituality terms um, as if god is or some superior being is the one that's guiding that principle but it's like if i just want to be a decent human being <laughs> this is what like this is what how i'm going to live my life and so um i've um along with my own journey um i uh, have reached out to i, I see a, a, a mental health counselor now who um is willing to talk more about that kind of stuff and um and has allowed me to not be so like angry about it all. Mm. Um, Cause I think um, unfortunately um, spirituality in, in the current lens that we, a lot of us are grown into has been weaponized. Um, mm -hmm. And when we actually come back and see like, these are all universal things that are talked about in terms of life in general, then we can start taking away the, the religious aspect to it and and know that it is we all are embodied in it in general and as just being on this earth we embody it how have you and shona you have also been on the retreat a couple of them i think like have, yeah. how have you you three have um what has your journey been like with not only participating in as a leader in these retreats but also as a participant We'll start with Shona and then we'll go around. Okay. Yeah, I I attended, I think I attended two of them. Um, the first one, I, um, I attended as a participant and as kind of a part leader, helping with teach some of the yoga and help guide the whole process. And I really, it was so fun. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. And I feel like I had a lot of personal growth as well. I was there for the forgiveness 
one, um, which I remember at the time, I know like forgiveness is important, but I had never done such in-depth practices like that, like we did at this retreat. Um, and I, I realized for myself, like how powerful of an exercise that was. It wasn't just like, oh, I need to forgive this person or that because I'm holding maybe some a grudge or negative energy around a situation. I don't know. I can't even remember the details at this point. I just remember like we did this journaling exercise and we went really, really in depth. There was all these questions that Sarah had, Sarah and Judy had um, us respond to. And I still think about it to this day. I often think about, I should dredge up that notebook and like do that exercise again with certain things in my life. And I remember that just being like a kind of a starting or a, a jump off point of like, oh, I can, this is a really great practice that I can utilize again and again in my life as things come up. So I don't know, that was the most, um, maybe that affected me the most at these retreats. And then I loved too how we then like embodied forgiveness in our physical bodies through the yoga practices. And then I remember we did, one of my other favorite parts was we did the group unwindings. Um, and at that point, everyone had sort of relaxed into the retreat and, and then we relaxed even more because we all just got to like unwind together. And that was a really fun and powerful event as well. It was cool that everyone felt like really comfortable and safe enough to unwind however much they, they wanted to. Um, so yeah, I just think the retreats are really cool in that we like, you take a topic and then you like, you do, you go so deep on so many different levels, <laughs> like journaling and then the physical body and then unwinding the physical body along with the mental and emotional. And um, so, yeah, that's been my experience of it. And I wish I could go to more because <laughs> they are really unique mm -hmm. and deep. I love that you said that you still remember, you know, because that's the kind of experience I'm looking to, to give people the things that just touch us. And then when we touch back into them again and again, we can use those lessons out into life and just make our lives a little easier and, and better. Yeah. 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 You always remember those. Like I remember doing that journaling. It was a very clear memory in my mind. And I remember other people, like you said, there was chaplains there, people of different religious and spiritual backgrounds we had chaplains to atheists there and and everything in between um and different political i remember there were different political views as well and it was like we all could find some sort of common i don't know common needs and wants and desires in life mm -hmm. um a common I don't know. There's just, I guess that's like love. There's just felt like there's this common love energy between everybody. And we all got to like hear each other's stories and understand each other. And I think that's where like true, like societal healing comes from. 
is when mm-hmm. we can all like everyone just everyone just like wants to be listened to and mm-hmm. um their their hurts and their needs and their traumas like they just want to be heard and if we can all just sit down from different backgrounds and different beliefs and just like hear each other out and like cry with each other, literally like cry, <laughs> literally unwind and tell stories, you know, <laughs> around the campfire, <laughs> around the like puja table we had. It's like, I don't know, that was, all, now I'm thinking about it. It was a really powerful experience of like, wow, there's somebody here with completely different political view that I normally would have like bring up a lot of anger for me and by the end of the treat I just had like love for that person and like that just I don't know that's just makes me want to cry I'm like that's just so beautiful to be able to like love your quote-unquote enemy um it's some other level that we reach I've I felt like we reached in that those retreats that I went to with you guys yeah. Oh, thank you for saying that. That's even like right now, you know, like Chrissy can say that she's angry at Christianity and no one here is upset by that. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. it's just expressing yeah. one's own thoughts and feelings in a safe place where we can then be heard. Um, and, and also practice listening. Um, yeah. And how healing that is. I think that's really unique about our retreats too, because sometimes I feel like you go to a retreat, you get a a lot of very like-minded people who believe the same things. But I would think the therapy solutions world just brings together people of like all different, all different backgrounds and beliefs, um, which I think is a unique aspect of, of these retreats. Just a thought. (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's really good to hear from your perspective, because when we're kind of busy uh, putting it on and planning and kind of trying to be in charge, I guess, we miss some of that. But um, but it's really true that um, it's phenomenal how quickly the the sense of community gets established and a sense of caring about the other person that's there. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, which doesn't happen if in uh, in general, and you know when you go to a meeting or whatever. But I think because we always start with um, um, you know bringing something about themselves. Yeah, know, immediately, <laughs> you, immediately you get to hear some special story about this person that you never, I mean, it isn't like about what you do as a work or what kind of house you live in or who you're married to, or um, it, there's a special kind of, they, we get people to tell a special story about themselves and, uh, and that gets you connected immediately. This, this, uh, this accelerated pressure that seems to be present for, um, to choose a side or, uh, yeah, have an, have an opinion. I think the counter to it is to see the humanity in each other. And hu- humanity is in uh, the daily things of living, falling in and out of love, of having children or not having children, or the, the things that we enjoy in daily life that have nothing to do with be- belief or 
political stance. And, and then we realize that we really have more in common than, than different. I, I think that this is really important. I know in India, when, um, when the Europeans came in, one of the ways that they, that they conquered the country was they created division by um, labeling religion there. Be, prior to that, they did not, like they didn't call themselves Hindu prior to um, colonization. And they were, they were very receptive to people having different beliefs and points of view. It, the pendulum often swings from one end to the other. And so it, it is, I think, through our daily practices that we create um, a, a balanced spirituality. I, I wanted to, this is making me think of this one book that has been, it was life-changing for me. It was called The Original Blessing by Matthew Fox, who had been a um, Catholic theologian, a priest. He actually was excommunicated. Um, but in this book, in the appendix, he has a family tree of what he calls creation-centered spirituality, but it it's really describes the sacred feminine. And, uh, you know, we've already said, like, Jesus as part of, Jesus is like the crowning example of sacred femininity. Um, that, but he shows a thread through the church over time of people and saints who lived a life that expressed this more um, compassionate, receptive, intuitive approach to the their expression of their faith. It's out there in Catholicism. It is there in other uh, other aspects of religion and and humanism. I you know won't bore you by reading through everything, but or his opinion, but. Uh, uh, that was very meaningful. The point, the point being, like religion, um, Christianity, as it was um, taught, as it's been taught, is that we are original sin. Like there's something basically wrong with us. And um, he points out that after studying, you know, the the texts that are available that were very available to him as this Catholic theologian, that um, in fact that idea didn't show up to like the fourth century after Jesus died. And that what you do find is that we are an original blessing, that we are amazing. <laughs> That's maybe the, the place to end this because it's a great topic, but we want to get our days going. So <laughs> thank you. That was lovely. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, well, we've got space in the retreat if people want to come. It's in April. So April, what days again? Eleven. Um, I think it's wait, 12, 13, 14, 12, 13, right. so. okay. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our group tends to have these fantastic discussions, and we always ask ourselves why we haven't recorded any of them. And now here we are. If you are interested in more content, we'll be releasing new episodes every other Monday. You can also check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching Therapy Solutions PLLC. That PLLC is super important. This is the Rehab Within Reach podcast, where all are encouraged to experience wholeness and independence. See you soon.